L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hey, I'm Logan. Hey, I'm Logan. You're supposed to say that you're Tim. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. (laughs) We're the hosts of a brand new podcast called From One Dad to Another. Each week we tackle a new topic, interview local professionals, and attempt to decode modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. So make sure to join us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From One Dad to Another is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on our independent podcast network, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. And if you want to support the show and get some bonus content, behind-the-scenes looks, and even get the show ad-free, you can become a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash LASPodcastNetwork. And if you don't, I won't be mad, but I will be disappointed. (laughs) Oh, and one last thing. You're doing great, and I'm proud of you. It's Tuesday, and that means another episode of Sick and Tired. Today we're doing things a little differently. I'm live in the studio, and Amy with an A is coming to us remotely. So welcome to our podcast, Sick and Tired. So in the past, we've covered the topics of pelvic floors, momopause, and now with fall coming in, it just seems appropriate that we do an episode on mental health. In the past episodes, we have started our podcast off with a fun quiz show, and since mental health and body and emotional health are all so connected, this is why I wanted to do this episode. But I'll admit it, Amy, I'm not doing the greatest. How are you doing? (laughs) Mine has been a little up and down. Um... So, I mean, so that everyone knows, we just want to take a step back from the humor and we wanted to talk about the seriousness of mental health and its relationship to our overall quality of life, especially when we're dealing with issues in our bodies and we all know how that is. So I think this is also relevant to what we're all facing during this pandemic, right, Jenny? I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, right now, this is case in point. I mean, you're remote and I'm here. Um, right. so I'd, I enjoy having, you know, you in the studio. We're, we're together and this is this is a little tougher, but we're going to make it work. Uh, just like everyone has this past year and a half, we've made it work, right? Um, so yeah. I, I always think it's important to check in and truly listen to people, right? So um, this episode, we will be diving deep into some mental health stories. Um, so this topic could be triggering for some people. So that's our that's our little warning. So, um, so Amy, you had uh, mentioned that, you know, you're kind of up and down. So kind of delve into yeah. that for us with it. Well, I think the first word to start with is, is and I say this sarcastically, a, a magic word. Um, it's called stress. You know, everybody's got it. We all deal with it at certain points in the day, at certain moments in our lives. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Stress is always going to be there. And if you have any health-related issues on top of that, we forget that 
in our struggle to find answers and solutions to what might be going on with our body, that's also adding another stressor to us and it's not helping us whatsoever. Um, there's some things that we just can't control and that creates a stress within us. For sure. Um, and sometimes if your, your body is out of control, it's a very scary thing. Um, for my part, I think mental health really started with me after my full hysterectomy. Obviously I had changes with hormones. I started having anxiety. Um, I started having some changes with my body and it was almost like it was a grieving process I had to go through for the person I was before. That's a and now that I look at it, it, a grieving process, that's yeah, a perfect way it, of putting it. And it really never leaves you. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think about people who have chronic issues, um, or have some sort of like me, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's so hard to put ourselves in that spot that those people are struggling with because we may not deal with it every single day, but there are those people out there that might even be listening to this podcast today um, that are dealing with something chronic and will have to deal with it for the rest of their lives. So they have to go through not only a grieving process for the person they were, but they have to start going on a different path and going down a, a different journey with this new body of theirs. And that in itself is a huge stress. Um, like I said in the past podcast, when I started going on those bioidentical hormones, a lot of that went away and I felt really good again. Um, I looked good and I probably felt better than I had ever felt in a long time. So then uh, with this recent health crisis I've been going through um, and we'll be talking about that in a future episode just to brief everybody on it I have my gallbladder removed in March of this year and so ever since then it's been such a struggle Um, I think I'm getting to the point now where we have found the issue and so now we're trying to rectify it but oh that's that's good to hear that you're at least not just stabbing in the dark anymore (laughs) like you were okay yeah exactly um so for about six months, I really started struggling with body positivity again. And that has been a struggle for me, I think, probably almost all of my life. I've always been a very skinny person. Genetics is a beautiful thing, right? We take after our parents in one way or another. And when it comes to health or health-related issues, um, we do share some sort of genetics. Although, you know, with Jenny, on your part, you know, you, you talked about how you're Korean adoptee, and so genetics doesn't play a part with you. You don't know what your genetics are. Yeah. Um, (laughs) For me, you know, obviously I'm lucky that I don't have that, um, but I take after my father and my father's family, who most of them are very tall and very long-waisted and um, just naturally very thin. And we have a society that, always talks about embracing body positivity and embracing how everybody is and whether you be bigger or smaller, doesn't matter. We're all beautiful. And yet at the same time, we don't follow through with that. And I have a really, really hard time with people who are so hypocritical in what they say that yes, your body is beautiful, but no, you probably should be a little thinner or you probably should be a little, bigger. You know, um, for myself, 
I've never been satisfied with how I look. I've always struggled with weight gain. And if you don't know what that struggle is like, you have absolutely no idea. And it's very foreign to doctors. I think, I think we have a, a healthcare system that doesn't necessarily know what to do with those people who need to gain weight and put, um, pounds on their body. Um, and how a very scary thing that is if they get sick and they drop more weight. Um, so I, like I said, naturally have always been thin, um, but I've always wanted to be a little bigger. I've always had to struggle with my own um, comments from from people, uh, mostly women. I won't, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it for you. That's not what we do in this podcast. We certainly don't sugarcoat anything, so I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I have heard everything in my lifetime from you know, the phrase skinny bitch to, um, I wondered if that one was going to come up. I wondered if that one was going to come yep. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a show a couple of years ago and I had actually a cast member who upon meeting them for the first time said, well, don't go out on stage looking like that. And I said, looking like what? You know, and, and she tried to kind of gloss it over. And I don't think she really knew how she sounded when it came out because that's really initially what happens is they don't realize what they're saying until they've said it. And so then they try to, to backtrack and it only makes it worse. And she said, well, you know, looking, looking like that, you know, you're going to, you're going to show everybody else up. And I, I really, I was really quite shocked at that comment. I thought that was probably the most um, in-your-face kind of comment I had received in a long time. And I was fortunate that I had a director who kind of came to the rescue at that moment because she was listening in on the conversation. And um, she kind of, in, in her own way, she took care of it. And I was thankful for that because I honestly did not know how to react to that. Um so it's always made me put my guard up in a way because if I walk into a room full of strange people I don't know, I'm very self-conscious about how I look and I'm always very ready for some sort of comment. And it's usually not a compliment. It is usually a comment. Well, and what's interesting and about that is it kind of shows us that with mental health, we don't know where somebody else is coming from, right? So like... No. Like the rest of us might be like, oh, she's so lucky. She's so skinny. Right. That's and so mm-hmm. so then we automatically think it's OK to make comments about that to you. But you've struggled with this all your life. So this is not. Yeah, it's not easy to hear any comment about it. And so that's what so no. that's no. that's why this is so important that we're talking about this is like you don't know where somebody's coming from. And so if you make what you think is a comment that's not going to hurt them, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know mm-hmm. where they've been. You don't know where they are. You don't know, you know. I've had, I mean, I've heard everything, you know, I've, I've heard everything from, from the worst to the not so bad, <laughs> you know, and you just kind of have to take it in stride, I think. And I kind of have to put myself in their shoes and try to figure out what's going on with them that they would say something like that. Um, you know, I've had a lot of women say to me, well, you never have to worry. You can eat anything. You never have to worry. And uh, in the past that was true. I had such a high metabolism, but now things have changed. Um, so surgery with my gut. And uh, so just to let everyone know, in 2020, I was perfectly healthy, which was ironic because we were going through a, the worst of the pandemic. 
and I stayed healthy throughout all of that. And uh, then January 2021 comes along, and I got pain out of nowhere, and I'd lost five pounds. I was had gotten up to about 118 pounds, and I was really happy with that. I gained muscle. I put muscle back on, and I mean, I I was putting stuff everywhere. You know, I, I was getting hips, I was getting an ass, I was getting boobs. And, you know, for someone who has never really experienced that in her life, it was really a great feeling. And I felt very satisfied with my body and I felt great. And, um, I took a joy from that. And I thought, yes, you know, I've, I've gone through all of this with a hysterectomy and I'm finally at a place where I'm satisfied at a place where I feel great and look great and blah, blah, blah. And then 2021 comes along and completely sabotages that. Yeah. So I'm right back where I started. And so I had lost five pounds from January to March. So I was about, you know, maybe 112, 111 by the time I went in for surgery. Oh my gosh. And I was already stressed out about that. Yeah. And so then by the time post-surgery comes along and another month goes along, I'm down to 109 and we don't understand why the pounds are dropping. So I wasn't, ret- I wasn't retaining anything. So, um, then I went down to 106 and then I would go, I would fluctuate up to 109 and then down to 107. I think I'm probably 106, 107 right now. Um, and I've had a really, really hard time with that. Yeah. I have a hard time looking at myself in the mirror. I see bones where I don't want to see bones. And I have all these people telling me, you look great, you know? And the last person who said that to me, I feel really bad for them because I, I sort of unloaded. And I said, you know, I'm not great. I'm not. You know, thank you for trying to make me feel better. If that's what that is. But I'm not, I'm not great. I don't feel great. I don't think I look great. I'm, I'm seeing bones where I don't want to see bones where I haven't seen bones in a very long time. That's not great me. And I don't plan on staying 106 pounds. And that's not to belittle anybody out there that's normally at 106 pounds. If that's your normal weight, that's your normal weight. And other people just have to learn to deal with that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I have a, just a hard time dealing with that, and I have a hard time accepting that that might be possibly where I will be for the next, you know, latter half of my life. And hopefully that that will not remain the case. Um, but a lot of people don't understand. Do you and, feel like the doctors um, take you seriously when you bring that up about the weight loss? No, yeah. no. The doctors did not take me seriously. I was in the emergency room probably three times post-surgery um, for various issues. Um, one of the, you know, one of the biggest round underlying issue was the fact that I was losing weight, dropping weight yeah. and nobody seemed to, get, to understand. Nobody seemed to, to know, right. They're not used to that problem. And they're certainly not used to someone like me complaining about that problem. Yeah. And I finally had to look a doctor in the face who said, well, you know, maybe this is just your new normal. And I looked at her and I laughed and I said, well, this isn't my idea of a new normal. This isn't normal. And I said, I don't know. I don't think 106 pounds um, is normal. Do they ever assume, is it you? do they ever assume that you have an eating disorder or anything like that? Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, that's been in the past. That, that was a long, long time ago uh, when I first started going through a hormone struggle. Um, 
this was prehysterectomy. I, my husband remembers it very clearly because he was in the, the room at the time. And the doctor, with, without even getting to know me for probably five to ten minutes, just automatically assumed by looking at me that I had an eating disorder and, and said that. Those words came out of his mouth. Um, needless to say, I did not have to take over the conversation. My husband took care of it right away. That's good. And I'm grateful for that. That's good. Um, that's a huge thing too, for everyone listening. Uh, eating disorders are a a huge thing. It's a, it is, it is what it is. It is a a disorder. It's a very serious thing. It, It needs to be respected and taken seriously. Um, because that is part of a mental health issue. For sure. And there are many people out there struggling with it, whether it be from the fact that they just, they want to lose weight or the fact that they want to gain weight. And, you know, it, it all comes down to that whole body positivity thing. Um, so you have to be very careful mm-hmm. who you're talking to and be, and be very careful what you say. Um, I've always, if I've undressed in front of other women, you know, let's say for a show or whether it's for gym class or whatever, I always had to suffer consequences. And that would be the comments coming out of the woodwork right and left. Uh, I've walked into salons and, and maybe as a person I know who has said, you know, if you get any skinnier, you're going to fly away. And a lot of people think that that comment is no big deal. And that might be true. I've heard worse comments said to other people of different body types, which is shameful and disgusting, but it still is very serious to me and I don't take it as a joke. And I think some people think that it's just going to fly off my shoulders and be no big deal where in the past I would have ignored it in the present. I do not. And I've had to say to people who've said worse comments than that, I I did say this to one woman who was just relentless. And I said, you know, it's interesting that you should say something like that to my face because I would never say that to you because I happen to think that everybody's beautiful. Yeah. You feel inclined to say something like that to me because you think it's just okay because I'm built the way I'm built because I'm not built like you. Well, it's not okay. Yeah. I'd rather be built like you, you know, people, it's some women are so surprised. If I look at them and, and when they're complaining about the size of their breasts or complaining about the size of their hips or whatever. And I just, I look at them and I smile at them like, be blessed, be blessed because I wish I were you. And they get so surprised. And I said, no, listen, listen to me here. I would die to be Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I would die to be a size 12. I would die to be a size four. Yeah. I would die to be a size two. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Like people understand. look at you and probably think, oh, gosh, she's so lucky. She's so skinny. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. she has no they problems always in think the world. That you're lucky. And, yeah, because I struggle with, yeah, um, so, yeah. Yeah, it, and it it takes its toll, and, and especially when you're going through some sort of physical health crisis at the same time, and, and you see what your body's going through in the mirror, it's 10 times more traumatizing. Um mm-hmm. I have a a cousin who has two daughters who are built very much the same way as me. And both of them have suffered the comments through their high school years. I could not believe some of the comments that they were given. And how traumatizing is that to a teenager? It's one thing to say it to a 45 year old woman 
who can take a hit. But to say it to a teenager, that to me is the lowest, the basest form. Well, um, yeah, because I mean, bullying of any form is difficult, yeah, but especially you don't when know you're young. Where and that, yeah. You don't know what that bullying is going to do to that person down the line. So, you yeah. know, the whole point is that we're talking about here is mental health, but and for everyone listening, pay attention to what your kids are being told at school. Pay attention to what your kids are telling other kids at school. Pay attention. Yeah. Period. Because well, and it might not even be. So it might not even be directly like them talking to each other. It might even be like if they post something on social media or something, and you just don't, or an yeah, unflattering picture of you that you weren't expecting to be out there or something. You know, like yeah. you're like, uh, I didn't know that. Like from the side, I look like such and such. You know what I mean? Like I've had that happen where I'm like, I like put on a. a uh, an outfit and I feel pretty good, pretty rocking in it. And then all of a sudden I'll catch an unflattering picture of myself in it and I was like, that's what I actually looked like in it. And people are like, no, I don't oh, know what that picture yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I know. I go through that all the time. I, I shy away from having my pictures taken anymore because I just, uh, you know, I think you get to a certain age where you're like, no, thanks. I don't want to get my picture yeah, taken. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see what that is. Yeah, And it's really not as bad as you think. And, you know, my poor husband is constantly telling me it is not as bad as you think. You do not look as bad as you think you you look. Um, It's just, it's all relative to our thinking. But mental health is so fragile. Mental health is still stigmatized. I think we're getting a little better, but we are still not there yet. We have a lot of work to do, especially in this country. Oh yeah, um, because we can't talk about it. Yeah, we still can't talk no, about it. No, we can't. Yeah, it, It's still not considered to be a connection to our overall physical health. Yeah. Uh, which isn't... It's, I just can't get over that. I, I'm living in the 21st century. This is 2021 and we have all of the tools and technology at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And and yet we're still having a struggle with trying to find the right mental health therapist. We're trying to find enough therapists. There's not enough. There's, there's not enough um, programs out there for different types of mental health. We're just, we're now starting to learn about different types of mental health. Oh yeah. Which is great. But why is it still not being prioritized? Take a look at COVID-19. Yeah. Year 2020. So we all had COVID stress in one way or another. And, uh, you know, part of my COVID stress, I have a son who has Asperger's. If you don't know what Asperger's is, it is a form of autism. It's, it's on the spectrum. Sometimes yeah. they like to say it's a separate form. Sometimes they like to say it is a form, whatever. Um, so yeah. you had this homeschooling that had to be done, virtual homeschooling. And we're all staying home during lockdown. And Zoom everything. You know, everything is through Zoom to the point where we all sick and tired of Zoom. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Um, that was a huge stress that I did not realize was on my shoulders as a parent. Yeah. It was just adding to the friction of 2020. Yeah. Now suddenly you had to become and a so teacher. Then, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. had to become teachers and our teachers God love them because yeah. 
I saw teachers going through what they should never have had to go through. Oh, yeah, for sure. They should never have had to be put in this position. And I just could not get over the sacrifices that were being made on their part, the amount of work that they were doing just to, to try and make things work smoothly or to get just through one day of virtual learning was just enormous. Um, we, so we were all you know, on this team together. And so we were all on this mental health team together, all of us in 2020. Yeah, I don't sure. care where anybody, I don't care about your politics. I don't care where anybody stands on the whole COVID-19 thing at all. That's not what we're here to talk about. What I'm talking about specifically is what we all went through mental health wise. We were still going through it together. And so there, I think there was, more of an awareness of mental health after this pandemic. Yeah. If nothing and else good came out of it, this definitely, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, but I feel like we're starting to lose the momentum again. So I feel like we still need to stay on that train. We still need to stay on the momentum of, okay, we still need to prioritize mental health in every situation. Agreed. We still need to ask the big question, where is the help? Yeah. out there, you know, um, take a look at autism in itself. Again, I'm in the 21st century. I have an 11 year old son with a form of autism and it has been a struggle almost his in whole life to find somebody, uh, the right therapy, to find somebody to talk to, to find the right tools in the toolbox, different doctors. Yeah. And you get a bunch of, I don't know at the same time. That is, I have a really big problem with that. I shouldn't be hearing I don't know. And that's what I struggle with. Not only with physical health issues that are concerning that, you know, doctors are still saying I don't know, but also with mental health, I don't know. What do you mean I don't know? Yeah. That's not good enough. It's not acceptable. Um, so to kind of reiterate what I'm saying, um, for anybody listening, be mindful of what you say to certain people. You do not know what their struggle is. You do not know what they are going through. Be mindful. Please think before you speak. We have a really, really bad habit of not thinking before we speak. And that needs to change. Or typing things either, because keyboard warriors also is what what gets on me. Because it's like, if you're going to say it to my face, I can handle that. If you're going to type it and then all of a sudden turn it into this whole thing, that's a whole other issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, body positivity is no different. Yeah, we can, we we can't as a society say that we're adjusting each other's crowns, no matter what gender we identify with. We can't adjust each other's crowns if we're not saying the right things to each other to begin with. For sure, for sure. I accept you for who you are. I accept you for what type of body you have. I accept you for what gender you identify with. I accept you for who you are. Please accept me to be the same. Yeah. So we have to really work hard at that as a society. Mm-hmm. I agree. So one thing that I wanted to add to the whole mental health stories is, is tools in our toolbox. You know, Jenny, we always talk about yeah, tools in our toolbox. toolbox. This That's is no thing. different. Yeah. Yeah. So in the past, we talked about tools in our toolbox about our pelvic floor and what things worked for our, our, our pelvic floor, right? So let's talk about what works for us individually as far as our mental health right now. Um, one of those things, 
yoga. Yes. Everyone knows by now how much I do yoga and how much I love to do it. Um, I have had to kind of delay doing it from time to time because I cannot afford to burn any calories. And uh, that's the same with walking outside. I love walking outside. I love being in nature. But uh, I've had to limit that as well because I've been afraid to burn calories. Uh, that is not a normal problem right? That's not a problem that many people identify with. And so therefore, like we said, it's hard for them to understand, but that is my problem. Um, breathing, just breathe. Everyone just breathe. Just take a moment to decompress and turn off your brain. I feel like, I don't know about you, Jenny, but I feel like since things started to kick back in after COVID, people started slowly going back to work. We started slowly going back to school. We started slowly getting back into society. Um, I felt like I was really overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I had been so used to being back in. Yeah. 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 And then it was boom. All of a sudden everybody get back to work. Boom. All of a sudden everybody get back into society. It was almost like it was too fast, too fast for me to to handle. I heard somebody else seeing that the other day, some stranger I, I had passed by the conversation. I'm like, yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, are feeling that. So just take a moment to decompress and turn off the brain. We've used our brain so much, I think, within the last couple of years to digest everything that's going on in our world that we haven't taken that five or ten minutes to just shut down. You need to do that. It's so important. Another thing I do is stay away from social media. From time to time, I stay out of any kind of arguments. Um, every once in a while I'll get political, you know, every once in a while I have to say my thing. Uh, I think that's healthy. I think it's healthy for people to disagree. Uh, you know, as long as, like I said, as long as we do it from, from a healthy standpoint. Debate is one thing, but like just starting an argument on social media, you might as well yell at a wall. It's. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna sway anybody's yeah, opinion. It's, it's yeah, it's not really doing you any good. <laughs> Just gonna keep going and going. Um, but there are times where not only politically I have to stay away from social media because I just am so exhausted from all of the the arguments from time to time. And like I said, every once in a while I'll I'll get into it, um, but not that much. Um, mm-hmm. Just me personally, I just kind of have to to take a step back from it. Uh, another thing is take your vitamins. I sound like a mom, but it's so true. Everybody yeah. take your vitamins. Yes. It's true. It's true. It's true. Vitamin D, especially vitamin D is yes. the sunlight vitamin. That's what I take. Get a lot out of it. it. I take a high level of it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Ever since, um, post-surgery, I've, I've had a problem with vitamin deficiencies and absorbing a lot of nutrients. And one of those deficiencies was vitamin D. So I had to be put on a vitamin D uh, K2 5000 IU supplement, and I probably will for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a future podcast. Future um, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> connect with your friends or your family if you're able to. Yeah, for sure. Whether that be virtually, whether it be in person safely, I don't care. 
at some point, you've got to be able to make some sort of social connection where you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, because, man, we were desperately needing that during 2020, weren't we? For sure. I mean, that's the one thing I missed. For sure. Yeah. Another thing is music. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't live without it. I have to have it around me almost constantly, <laughs> whether it be classical music or whether it be me rocking out. Me singing? Jenny singing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Just put on some music and tune everything else out in the world. It does help. Uh, pets, if anybody has pets, we all know how important it is to make that connection with your pets. I don't suggest getting five cats during the pandemic like we did, but we. <laughs> no, no. Um, but my pets are, have been extremely important to me and, and to the rest of the family. Cry if you need to and then move on. I think crying is one of the most important things, and a lot of people are afraid to do it. And I'll talk about that later with my segment, but yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, you have to allow yourself to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to allow that time. There's a reason why you need to cry. Get it out. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then move on. Keep moving forward. And then um, take time for yourself alone. Alone time is very important. We all know the importance of alone time after being in lockdown with your family (laughs) or... You know, I mean, we all love who we're connected with, right? But at some point, you've got to find that time to take time for yourself to be alone, to be alone in the moment, whatever moment you have. And then you can come back with, you know, a deep breath and with a fresh outlook on life and everything else. So anyway, that, that's my long-winded story. <laughs> You're but, good. you know, it, mental health is, is ongoing. Mental yeah. health is ongoing. No matter what we are struggling with, it's, uh, it's an ongoing thing, and you have to um, respect that. Yeah. Well, this sounds like a good place to stop today. And um, I know we had teased that I would do my story next, but I just feel like Amy's story, this seems like a complete episode in itself. And so let's wait for my story in two weeks, okay? Um, Listen to our next episode featuring an an interview with our special guest, Amber Henline. Amber is amazing and you won't want to miss that episode. Uh, Again, we're part of the LAS Podcast Network, but you can listen to our podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. So... I'm going to remember it this time, and I'm going to say, see you next Tuesday. Good job. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.